0: Hi, my name is Kelly Dixon. I'm one of the editors on the new television show Breaking Bad. Um we're getting ready to start the premiere of our second season on AMC and I thought it'd be cool to do a sort of insider podcast with some of the producers and writers and post-production people here and possibly any actors that stop by. So, I'm here today with my uh with my boss, executive producer Vince Gilligan. Hello. Hello everybody. <laughs> And we're going to talk a little bit about the second season premiere episode entitled 737. Yes. So, Vince, welcome back. Well, th- thank you. It's good to be back.
1: Have, <laughs> have we met before, you and know?
0: I? Uh, I think we worked together on the pilot. <laughs> okay, yes. That's right. It's a big deal for me. I'm a big X Files fan and uh, quite Ke- an interesting experience.
1: Kelly was uh, Lynn Willingham's assistant on the pilot episode of Breaking Bad, and she cut the. Uh, is it okay to tell him uh, tell what you cut?
0: You can tell them whatever you want to tell them.
1: There was uh, Lynn Willingham, who won the Emmy uh, last season for, uh, uh, for our show, who's a wonderful editor I worked with years and years ago in the X-Files. Uh, loves working with Kelly and had her as her editing assistant and let Kelly cut the original meth cooking montage in the pilot. So when you see that scene, which is wonderfully edited, that was Kelly's work. Uh, back when she was just assisting. Anyway, uh, so we hired Kelly as uh, one of our three editors, along with Lynn Willingham and Skip McDonald. And we got three great editors, and they really make the show uh, what it is, or a big, big part of making the show what it is.
0: Wow, thanks, Vince. Appreciate that.
1: Very well. Where's my money?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be about. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about a, uh, the premiere episode, um, okay. 737. Uh, Interesting title. In fact, all the titles, which I don't want to give away this year, but all the titles have been quite interesting. I'm not really sure what they all mean. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, I guess my question is um, the first image that we see in the first episode is a black and white image of the swimming pool and and a pink bear. And I guess the first question that I have is... What does it mean? What is it? What what does that mean? I don't know. Okay. No, I do
1: know. uh, (laughs) But... but, uh, well, I mean, it's one of those things, uh, you know, you want to intrigue the audience with the, the first image that you, you come back from your season break. And uh, I guess I can say that it is uh, a very important image that will come back later in the season, perhaps several times. Perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps. And it is, uh, it's, a, it's an image that is going to be very important to this season.
0: So I guess that's... I don't want to give away
1: what it means. No, though. absolutely, and we yeah, shouldn't yeah. give
0: away what it means because yeah. it, it is pretty cool. Um, but I guess then that kind of was leading up to what I was talking about before. Is you know you started the pilot and mm-hmm. we went into like a little bit of a time warp there. Yeah, and this year you guys decided to do that again. And I'm just wondering if was that something that you had in mind all along, or was it something that you know came up when you convened the writers' room last spring? Or well,
1: we—you mean in the sense of the pilot starts with the end of the episode? The
0: pilot starts at the end and then jumps back, and then yeah. from what you're saying now, this is an image that is not going to pay off in the first episode. It's going to perhaps, perhaps, keep perhaps. coming back later. And yeah. So... well,
1: it, it, we—it's just—it's a fun nonlinear way of telling a story. Um, but, uh, we're not, I don't want to be too orthodox about any, uh, what's the, is that the right word to put that? I don't want to be too rigid about, uh, you know, telling us, we, we don't have to tell a story in a certain pattern. You know, what I, one of the many things I love about working on this show is we get to sort of make it up as we go along. And, and I don't want any particularly hard or fast rules about how we tell our stories. Having said that though, I like a nonlinear way of telling a story. And maybe that's what we're doing this season. But but having said that, I don't, it's not part of what we have to do. And, and maybe next season, God willing, if we get a season three, uh, we <laughs> might try something completely different then. Hint 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 for that one. Wow, but uh, it was it was interesting in the writers' room. I have I have wonderful writers on this show, and we started off last. Uh, when did we go in the writer's room last year? It was like April? April, maybe, April or May? April. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe really May we went in the writer's room. And we sat around for the first two or three weeks and just uh, kind of fi- tried to think in broad strokes and figure out where the season should go. And and as I say, broad strokes, not try to nail down every single plot detail. But we, we came up with uh, an idea for where we wanted to go at the, end, you know, at the end of the season that we kind of found ourselves working toward week in and week out. And um, that was a fun way to do it. I never worked on a show that did that before. I worked on the X-Files for many years and enjoyed that very much. Learned pretty much everything I know from the X-Files, which was like the greatest job ever until this job. (laughs) You know, but uh, if Chris Carter had a master plan for that show, I didn't know, I wasn't always aware of it. You know, we were sort of, uh, at the ground level, they're just sort of making it up week by week, and, and uh, no, that, that's not a bad thing, you're okay. shaking your finger at me, like, <laughs> just be a, careful, <laughs> no, but that's there's nothing, that's the way most TV shows work, that's oh, the way okay. they have to work,
0: well, I guess that's another question that I have, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, and I listen to uh, several television show podcasts, which gave me the idea to do this one, and I know a lot of uh, questions that a lot of people have is how the writer's room actually works. Yeah. Um, it was definitely a question that I had earlier, and you were nice enough to let me sit in on a couple of writer's room sessions, and it was pretty enlightening. Where's
1: my money from that one? Uh, oh, me. can I write
0: you a check? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, um, but
1: money uh, order would be
0: better. I, okay, right on. Um, I, am just curious, can you tell us a little bit about how the writer's room works? Because, you know, I guess with this writer's room, it seemed to me that you guys get together and you, you talk about a lot of ideas and I, as a team. Yeah. And I didn't realize that you guys actually worked really, really, really like down to very minute things. I thought, it, you know, yeah. pretty much it was just a, a very broad description. Okay. You're going to write an episode and Skyler, you know, is going to do such and such and yeah. Walt's going to do this, but you guys actually get quite intricate in all of your, um, stuff in the writer's room.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question. And every writer's room is different and it all depends on the showrunner and the particular show. and, you know, anyone out there who starting your own show up, you can do it any way you please. There's a there's a hundred ways to skin a cat. Uh, no offense to the ASPCA, but uh, <laughs> that's the way we do it. The, 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 to me, I love I love that there's two expressions, two competing expressions. Everybody's heard. God is in the details, and the devil is in the details, and they're both <laughs> equally true. But the details are what are important to me. I mean, the little the little moments in between the big moments. And, and to me, this is a character piece. This whole show is a show about these characters, primarily Walter White, but also his wife and his son and his in-laws and his... Uh, old and girlfriend. His, his old girlfriend, and, and certainly his, uh, very important, his uh, <laughs> his young meth-cooking protege. <laughs> I don't know if protege is the right word, but... Well, they but,
0: both serve a purpose. Yeah,
1: but everybody... I mean, this is a show... I mean, there's a lot of plot in this show, but first and foremost to me, it's a study of these characters, and and I have fun learning about them week in and week out, and the best way to learn about them is to talk to, well, certainly talk to the actors who are playing them, but also have these good writers that I've hired sit around with me and just talk about, you know... We we, we sit around for hours and hours in the editing room. The way our editing, back to your question, the way it works is we sit around for hours and hours uh, and just talk about who these characters are and we try in the to, writers in room. the writers room the writer's and we, room. we talk about yeah we try to nail down who they are and what makes them tick why does walt do what he does why does uh why does skyler stick with walt when maybe she's starting to suspect he's got a big secret which you'll see more this season than last but uh why does what made walt the way he is why why do, why is he a high school chemistry nothing wrong with being a high school chemistry teacher but this is a dude we learned in the pilot uh, that had a hand in a Nobel Prize-winning uh, discovery. Why is he teaching high school in Albuquerque, New Mexico? Why, you know, who are these people? And and so much of being in the writer's room, and certainly in the initial months, in the initial weeks and months of the season, was sitting around and nailing down in our own minds who these people were right down to the smallest details we could think of. And it's fun because we, we don't feel... A real necessity to get all those details into every script just as long as we know them and we can impart them to the actors that's what's important it doesn't mean that the audience will ever know everything uh and the audience doesn't need to know everything we're thinking of it's just uh just as long as we know it and that way the actors can know it and that way the performances can be completely consistent with an internal logic and with an internal set of rules and memories and backgrounds and you know that's So that's a lot of what happens in the writer's room. And we, I like, back to my thing about God is in the details. The details in any given episode are, you know, of great interest to me. So we sit around in the room and we say, okay, what's the first image we see in this episode? Uh, Well, the first image in episode one is uh, an eyeball floating in a pool. God, is it a real eyeball? Well, no, it's a plastic eyeball. Uh, where's it from you know we sort of build each episode brick by brick in the room we sort of pitch it out loud to each other and uh it's sometimes it's fun sometimes it's like pulling teeth it <laughs> takes it takes a, on average we found last season it takes on average we, we work we try to work five day weeks you know and have the weekends off i mean at least working together we're always sort of working we're off on the weekends writing scripts or whatever but the writer's room is basically Monday through Friday every week. And I found last season it took us about two weeks to break every episode, roughly. You know, that's roughly how it works, can which you, is 10, can, day, ten days a row working.
0: Can you tell me actually what that word break means? Because yeah. I've heard it, and I, I'm definitely in the business, I hear it, but I know that people don't really understand what that entails. What does break mean?
1: Breaking a story is, is basically coming up with it from start to finish and uh, – like I say, it takes us about 10 days of, of, of you know, 10 or 11 or 12-hour days to break any given episode. For instance, we sat down at the beginning of the season. We, we sat around for about the first, I think, about the first two and a half, three weeks and talked globally, talked about where the season was going to go. And then we started in earnest breaking the first episode. And, and to break an episode means, all right, what's the very first image? How do we want to, what's the first thing we want the audience to see after we've been away for almost a year? And you talk globally a little bit, but then you talk brick by brick. Like and br- scene
0: by scene? Scene really? by scene, moment wow.
1: by moment. What is the character wearing? What colors are prevalent? Uh, really? Yeah, what's wow. the What's the dialogue? What's When I say, you know, what's the dialogue? It doesn't get written in the room. The writer writes the dialogue. But we in the room agree upon what the... Most importantly is, is which scenes are in the episode, what is the episode about, what is each individual scene about. Every scene in any TV show, any movie, any opera, any 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 kind of dramatic storytelling at all and drama includes comedy, any kind of fictional storytelling, every scene in that piece that you're watching has to have a point. A lot of bad movies, forget that or bad TV shows and it's easy to write bad and it's it's you know, it's easy to write.
0: <laughs> but I mean a
1: lot of times you you come up with some funny bit or you come up with and I've done it too. We've all done it all of us writers have, but it's easy to come up with something pointless, but in any good storytelling, you know, there's every scene has a function and a purpose and a point. And if it doesn't, you cut it out. And so a lot of that work in the room is coming up with the stuff in the first place. And then a lot of it is that old Faulkner idea of you have to kill your darlings sometimes. Uh. Which, which is to say, you come up with something you really love. And yet, if you're really being honest with yourself, you say, maybe you say. Unfortunately, you say, oh, that scene doesn't, we don't need it. It doesn't work. So we cut it, you know, but but that's the, in the writer's room. It's coming up with every detail we possibly think of from start to finish, telling the story. And then the writer, he or she goes off once we've and, and breaking the story, by the way, we, we, we call it boarding the story. We're breaking it as in breaking it down into little infinitesimal pieces and giving as much detail as possible. And then we board it. You know, we, we have all our little traditions and rituals and mannerisms, sort of like a Japanese tea ceremony or something. We, we write with a certain kind of Sharpie pen and we squash down the the tip of the Sharpie pen just so and we write, you know, a certain number of words on each card and you make each card like the headline of a newspaper. You know, a headline of a newspaper gives you what that story is about, the gist of it in as few a number of words as possible. And so, you know, the first card will be, uh, for instance, for episode one, it'll be something like uh, Walt's backyard, silence, you know, and in the midst of this, uh, see, I'm already, this is why these cards are so hard to write. I've already said more words than would fit on a card, but it'd oh, okay. be something like, uh, it's tough. You get like Walt's backyard, silent, in pool, dot, 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 plastic eyeball floats, something like that. And so that's the first beat of the first scene in the of the first episode and then you you know build it brick by brick and you put it up on a cork board and when you have a teaser and four acts which takes as i say about two weeks to break on average and then you send that particular writer of that episode off home or into their office wherever they prefer to work uh and you have them write the script and then uh you go on from there
0: to this episode two
1: um and then on to and then that writer's writing and then we're on to uh then we're on to episode two
0: and episode three and yada yada Okay. So I guess, you know, you kind of touched on a couple of things that other people are really interested in, and that's the chemistry. You know, um, how much chemistry do you guys actually have to like study and read and, you know, research? And there's a lot of chemistry in this show and, and it's definitely taking, you know, some turns. Definitely this year, the chemistry is uh, taking some turns. It's not about high school chemistry anymore. I mean, you guys are making, like, ricin in this first episode. Yeah, You know, and I never knew, I knew ricin could kill you, but I didn't know it was made from beans. Yeah, yeah. Um, So did that, I mean, was that, like, an idea that you had had all along, or, you know, did that get concocted in the writer's room? And, you know, and and where did, how much research did you guys have to do for that? Well,
1: it's, I'm no chemist. I I never took chemistry in high school, and I kind of wish I had, except that I, in a weird way, I don't think I'd like it as much now if I had. I don't have much of a brain for math or science. I wish I did. There's something beautiful about math and science because there are right and wrong answers. And then the rest of life, as we all
0: know, there's everything is just a big gray area. This is funny you because know. I've spent like the last, what, about almost two years. It's been two years since we've done the pilot. And I've spent a lot of time with you in the editing room, definitely. And then even in the off-season, and this is it. Some of the answers that I'm hearing from you are coming as complete surprise. And one of them is I don't really have much of a head for chemistry, no, but it, yet you're writing a show about yeah. a chemistry teacher well, with a lot of chemistry.
1: Yeah. Well, no, we have a lot of help. I mean, I don't know how to edit. I don't know how to run the Avid that we edit our show
0: on either. That's why I hire good people like you. No, 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 but, but it's just funny to me because, yeah. wow, I'm like, wow, I had no idea that you didn't.
1: No, you know, I love it. I love my favorite magazine is Popular Science, but it's it's a very much a layperson's understanding of science, you know. So I, I like reading about stuff that's been invented and it's been developed, but I have a very much of a layperson's understanding of it. But what I love about it is... Uh, there's right answers and wrong answers math has a there's one answer to two plus two equals four there's only one answer to that everything else like i say in life you know should i do this should i do that is this morally right you know is it what you know everything else in life is just a big gray area like I, i'm repeating myself but well but my point of all that to say i wish i was had a better brain for it but i have a true appreciation for it and my girlfriend's brother for instance is a, is a chemist, and. Uh, known and respected a lot of scientists and very smart people over the years and kind of wish I had a facility to understand what they were talking about half the time <laughs> but uh, this character he just seemed interesting to me so I figured you know I'd get the help I needed uh, on the pilot and we my, myself and my writers would get the ongoing help we need to to make it sound like we know what we're talking about. None of my writers actually is a chemist None of them uh, knows anything more about chemistry than I do, but we have a wonderful, we have, you know, Kate Powers, we've got a wonderful researcher, and Jenny Hutchinson uh, has helped out too with research and gotten folks on the phone. We have Dr. Uh, Dr. Donna at the University of Oklahoma who's helped us out a great deal with, uh, she, I think she's the head of the uh, um, uh, chemistry department at the University of Oklahoma, okay. Oklahoma City. I hope I'm getting that right. She's a real nice lady. Uh, we get a lot of help from a lot of really smart people. Just like I don't know anything much about law enforcement either. We all we all of us feel like we know more about law enforcement than chemistry because we've all watched so many TV and movies, so much, so many TV's shows and movies about you know cops and robbers and all that stuff. It's funny though we, when you think about it, we don't any of us have any more. Usually, don't have any more understanding about what it is to be a cop than it is to be a chemist.
0: Well, I know that you know. I, I've definitely I've cut two, now three meth making montages since in in this season a third. I cut the first one. I cut the the one where he cooks with Badger. Yeah. And uh, I cut one this season, and I st- I still don't know how to make the stuff. I mean, the the only thing I can tell you about making meth is you know you kind of scrape stuff off from a flare and. You, you crush up some pseudo. <laughs> yeah, which you don't...
1: I don't want people leaving this show knowing how to cook no, meth. No, but
0: I mean, it's like, it's, I, I'm it's actually not... having to cut the stuff and I, I don't know how to do it, so, you yeah. know, I understand that part of it.
1: Well, having said that, I mean, I don't want... This is not a show about... Uh, this is... We never want this to be a how-to about how to make ricin or meth or thermite or any of that stuff. Uh, you know, the chemistry is... is, is uh, a means to telling a story. You know, a story about this guy's willful transformation from being a good guy into a bad guy to me that's the heart of the whole thing and the chemistry and the dea stuff by the way i was going to say uh, the dea also i don't know much about chemistry i don't know much about what it is to be a dea agent but the the drug
0: enforcement administration has been wonderful to us they've been so helpful i know you said they helped a lot in in showing you how to make it so you can make so you could be truthful at least yeah on the pilot.
1: no they we uh, had a dea chemist uh who happened to be on a little break from work and, and came and visited our set. And it was all under the auspices. I mean, it was all, you know, kosher with the DEA, but they, they didn't show us how to make meth, but they did let us know, you know, when we were getting stuff technically wrong on on screen so that, uh, you know, they had a desire for us to get things technically,
0: be technically accurate, as much of a desire as I did. So Well, it was important, too, because Walt is... He's an artist. I mean, he's definitely brings the chemistry part to it. And... Yeah.
1: And it's like, you want, you want, I don't, I, I'm jump. I, I tend to jump around in my talking. It's, it's either, all right. But I, what was my point? My point was that I don't want this to be a how to, it's not a primer on how to make meth. But on the other hand, what we do show, you want to be it. You want it to be technically accurate just because, you know, I believe this, this whole thing about when you're telling a story, you want, as much accuracy as possible, because even if the people watching your story are not experts on chemistry or on illegal activities, there's somehow we all have a sixth sense. We all have a bullshit detector built in (laughs) and we all have a sixth sense. And if we, even if we're not experts in any given field, we can sort of tell when something has gone the extra mile for that extra layer of accuracy. And we respect that and we appreciate it. And so We try to be as technically accurate as we can, again, not to teach anyone how to do this, because God forbid, you know, this is a terrible drug and and we never present it as anything but. Not to give advice to the audience, but just to rather immerse them in the world and let them really feel like this is all really happening in this story. So, you know, we try to do that in every regard, you know, with the chemistry and with the illegal activities and with the law enforcement activities and also with the the cancer. We talked to a lot of, I'm no expert on cancer either. All I know about cancer is that I hate it because it's taken a lot of good people that I've known and loved and a lot of good people in this world passed away from cancer. And it's, I was saying to someone the other day, it is sort of the villain of the piece, really, you know, the villain of the show as much as anybody, as much as Tuco or Crazy Eight or anybody. But uh, we've talked to a lot of oncologists, gotten a lot of good technical help from a lot of very smart people, including actually one of our writers, George Mastris. His brother, Dean Mastris, is a radiation oncologist up in the Pacific Northwest. He's helped us immensely. So we get a lot of a very long winded way of saying there's a lot I don't know about writing this show, but that's why we get good help. You know, we get good researchers and experts helping
0: us out, making sure things are technically accurate. Well, I guess my next question, too, for you is. Um you know, Walt is definitely making a transformation. He started this transformation and uh, he started it in uh, the season one. And But what I'm seeing also is that he's definitely getting a little darker. The chemistry is getting darker. I mean, Walt is making ricin. He's making poison. Yeah. Um, and, you know, is can you talk a little bit about the darker side, you know, a little bit just about his transformation and... And how the chemistry is getting darker and the situations are getting darker. and Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, we've noticed
1: some of the early response to the to the series so far uh, is that it's darker. And I guess it is. You know, it's funny, you know, that old, you can't see the forest for the trees, you know, once you're inside the forest, you know. And, and, and I've lived and breathed Breaking Bad here for the last two years. And I'm sitting in a writer's room with a lot of really smart people and all of us are... Sort of in the middle of the forest and can't see it for the trees. And we're not, we did not set out to make the show darker this season. It sort of shapes itself right in front of our eyes. It sort of tells us the way it needs to go. I mean, you know, you have a story where this guy is dying of cancer and he's becoming a criminal at cooking Crystal Meth. It can't be but so cheery and yet you don't want it to be too dark because then it's just like why watch the show i want to kill myself after watching this thing so we try to leaven it with humor as much as we can but but i guess the best answer is the story kind of takes care of itself and it walt tells us where he needs to go as a character if we're if we're being truthful to him as a character and we're listening to him
0: well in in the very beginning of this episode i mean this episode actually took um a sort of a, a sort of recap sort of not really a flashback, but more recapping uh, the last season from last... Excuse me, for the last episode from the first season. Uh, we take a little bit of that. I think probably made that decision to remind... Some people about where we left yeah when we start in the junkyard and we, yeah. we get we we kind of recap how uh, Tuco uh, goes crazy on on one of his own guys yeah and but I guess the question that I have for you on this is that you know Walt is getting way more aggressive with Tuco you know I mean he he actually you know Told him, I think in uh, either that episode or the one before it, that you know instead of two pounds, he's he should make it four pounds. Yeah. he's actually going on the offensive with Tuco. Yeah, um, and it just you know this is a far cry from the guy that we met in the pilot. Yeah, and so I I guess my question to you is, you know, how do you guys what how did you guys decide to, you know and when did you decide that you know this is the time where he's going to actually start making a stand? I mean, he starts out in that episode. Uh, with Jesse uh, saying, "Okay, I need to make this amount of money. This is how much I need to make: seven hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's
1: it's it's a hard answer. It's a hard question to answer. It's uh, I, I don't know. I, I picture it in my head, we're sort of feeling our way through unknown territory with like the
0: light of a single match. Well, let me ask you this something. too: Is it? Do you think, or you know, maybe you guys haven't thought of, uh, maybe you guys haven't voiced this, but maybe you have: Is it fear? Is, is it anxiety? Is it power as well getting power hungry? I mean, oh. you know, what is going on with Walt this year? Well, that's that's up
1: to the viewer to decide,
0: but yeah, to me, I mean, as far as us telling our story,
1: we're you try to have the broad strokes, you try to have the whole thing figured out from the get-go, but, you know, I freely admit that I don't. We had ideas where we wanted the season to end up, including one very big idea, which is, which uh, the aftermath is hinted at, very, not hinted at, is actually... A, Pretty much portrayed in our in our teaser of our first episode. I don't want to say any more about it than that. But but as far as where Walt goes and how much he transforms himself, you know, I always pitched this show when I was pitching it to the executives. This was a story where uh, we take Mr. Chips and we transform him into Scarface, or he transforms himself rather. We take a good man makes a willful uh, decision, you know, to become a bad guy. That's the way I always pitched it originally to the, to the powers that be. And thankfully, they bought it Sony and AMC. Thankfully, they, they got behind it. I, I don't have a clear mountaintop view, you know, a clear <laughs> vision of where we're going with this thing. I only have some rough ideas. But you, that, but that's the fun thing. It's fun to, if we knew everything already, it'd be like, ah, eh, now it's just a matter of writing it. Now it's just sort of by rote, you know, but you, it's fun to find
0: our way through it. Do you think that Walt knows how? he's turning or do you think he's just kind of on a mad dash to get this money do you think he really feels like you know we try
1: very hard to get into walt's head but having said that some days i don't know what walt is thinking he's sort of inscrutable i can tell you this on the face of it when i first started plotting this out i thought well this is a show where a good man i mean i kind of wanted i kind of knew i wanted to transform in a bat into a bad guy but i kind of thought originally he's sort of going to inadvertently transform into a bad guy. Well, and, his, and, and,
0: his, his, the reason is still a good reason yeah, at but the it end of the day. But see, I
1: want people to argue over this because I don't know that it's a good reason. Listen, I mean, there's and you know, a lot of people, we pitch this show. You have to pitch it a certain way, you know, especially when we were first starting out. We didn't want to freak people out or, or scare them off or otherwise have them not watch the show. But I mean, the, the, the quick pitch on this show is a good man, Decides to do a very terrible thing. He decides to cook this terrible illegal drug that destroys people's lives. And he does it for, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions or whatever. He, you know, sure. he's he, he basically, he does a very bad thing in order to serve a good purpose, which is to give money to his family because he, he's going to die of cancer. Right. Sooner or later, he's going to pass away from it. And he needs to leave his family something. So, you know, he has good reasons for doing what he does. But, you know, early on, I'm thinking... Well, I guess what we'll do as the show progresses, you know, it'll always be one step forward and two steps back. He'll cook a big batch of meth, but then it'll get stolen, or, you know, it'll wind up, you know, getting dumped out by mistake, or or, or (laughs) he'll get another, you know, he'll get a big tax bill, and suddenly he's going to make even more money, and there's always something out to, you know, some act of uh, fate. Well, there's just some (laughs) act of, you know, the perversity of fate. Always there's some fate that's going to take a hand, and He's never going to be able to get ahead because crime doesn't pay and yada, yada. But, you know, early on, last season, the thing I'm most proud, most proud of last season personally is that when the moment it dawned on me that that's not the way to tell this story. It's like Walt can't be just a good guy doing one bad thing and, and continually having fate arrayed against him. Walt has to make an active decision to be a bad guy. In other words, he's got to realize, I kind of like this. I kind of god help me i kind of i feel alive for the first time in my life so maybe i'm not just doing this for my family i mean walt is a hell of a liar and you'll see this season coming up he's like turns into a world-class liar <laughs> and i think he lies to himself quite a lot too i think he rationalizes all kinds of terrible behavior as as i think we all as human beings rationalize a lot of things we do we're, we're geniuses at rationalization we we come up with good reasons for doing bad things but it's a fiction but walt is you know a world-class rationalizer i'm doing it for my family i'm doing it because of this i'm doing it because of that you know good reasons all but last season what i'm proud of is we had an episode where he gets thrown a life preserver he has this moment where this former uh, this this old friend of his who's a billionaire says to him look i'll give you a job i'll pay for your cancer treatment anything you need anything It's no strings attached. Here it is. And Walt turns it down. And that right there is when the show really, for me, took a really interesting turn. Because before that, it was all, you know, I'm going to do this one bad thing, and then I'm going to get out. But fate is going to take a hand and make life tough for me. And all I want to do is this good thing, leave money for my family. But in that episode, suddenly you realize, Walt, he's, he's not necessarily... I mean, he's a very complicated guy, this Walt. He's not perhaps... He'd argue with you if you were sitting there. He said, Of course, I'm doing it for my family. But who's to say that's completely true? And, and to me, that's when the show really got interesting. And, 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 you know, why does Walt do what he does? That's what I want people to argue over.
0: Well, then, I guess we'll just pick this back up on, uh, on episode two.
1: Yeah, we, I don't know. think we said a damn thing about episode one after all, did we? Oh, no, 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 you
0: know what? Did we? Let There's... me
1: say this, let me end with this. Bryan Cranston directed this episode, and he did a hell of a job. I think he directed the hell out of this thing. I was very impressed with the job he did. You know, when you're... When your star says, uh, hey, I want to direct an episode, you're like, eh, okay, uh, that sounds great. <laughs> but uh, thank God, he was about the most prepared director we had this season. And that's saying a lot, because we had a lot of real good directors. Uh, but he really did his homework, and uh, just did a great job. That no, made, he did. Yeah. I,
0: I saw the episode. I've seen it about three times now, and we just had the big premiere a couple of days yeah, ago. Yeah, that was fun. I saw it again, and I was... You know, even more impressed. Yeah. I had not seen it on big screen except for at the mix, and it was quite impressive. I think he did a great job. A, I've seen all the directors. I think he did a great job. He's a very talented man uh, and behind
1: the camera as well as goes without saying in front of it. So,
0: so thank you very much, Vince. You're very welcome. Vince, this was uh, fun. We are gonna we are gonna reconvene for episode two. I don't remember the title. Episode two's title is <laughs> Jesus. You know, they all run
1: together in your head after a certain point.
0: <laughs> I don't that? remember the time. I remember what happens. Oh, I... oh, oh,
1: oh. It's uh, it's, uh Grilled. Grilled. And uh, that's, yeah, that'll be a fun one
0: to talk yeah. about. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that next time. Written Thank you very George much, Written by George Masters. Vince. And this episode written by uh, Jay Roberts, episode one. Episode 201 written by Jay Roberts, directed by Brian Cranston. Um, episode 202 written by George Masters, directed by Charlie Haid. Yep. See you next time. Bye-bye.